Hi, it's Tony Chapman, and welcome to Chatter That Matters, the podcast where we cut through the clutter to focus on what matters most to your life and your livelihood. Thanks to the incredible support of RBC, we're focusing the next 10 episodes on the heart of our economy, small businesses. Small business matters, and it's in our collective interest to keep them beating strong. Ernesto Gomez is a Canadian restaurateur. He's born in the UK to Mexican parents. And his story is rooted in his natural sense of curiosity and a passion for cooking that was learned and encouraged in the family kitchen. Cooking, for me, was something that really came from the heart. I mean, there's a whole generation that's been heavily influenced by, you know, TV, celebrity chefs. and I had no reference to any of that. I just was cooking. There was no Food Network heroes in Ernesto's life. As he says, he learned to get his hands dirty in the kitchen, inspired and encouraged by his mother and his grandmother. But his dad also taught him how to provide for the meals that they were preparing. Sometimes I would go hunting in the winter with my dad and we would bring out, you know, a white-tailed deer. And my grandmother would be so anxious and, and happy when we would come back and she would get the legs and start making tamales. It's a lot of work, so she always needed extra hands. And I think that was around the first time that I really started getting my hands dirty when I was just working with my grandma in her kitchen. And I mean, that's a very vivid memory. And also, I think with my mother, she always encouraged me. I would just to start doing research on Chinese food, on Italian food. So when I was doing Chinese food, she would get me a bamboo steamer. You know? So she would kind of encourage it. And then by the time I was doing Italian food, she got me a pasta machine. So that was really cool. Ernesto's curiosity shines through again. He goes to culinary school where he refines his skills. But interesting enough, he never thinks of it as a potential career. I think when I went to Europe to do my culinary training and study French, I still thought that it would be more of a hobby. After university, I kind of wasn't that crossroads where I had to say, what am I going to do? Am I going to follow my business marketing degree or am I going to following the path of food. And I said, well, I'll try this for a little bit, see what happens. There's nothing to lose. So I did it. And uh, I've been going on on the food world ever since and never looked back. And uh, and it's for me, it's really a passion and I love what I do. It's a hard business, no? So, so learning the business part was uh, something that I learned, you know, as they say, in the school of hard knocks. Oh, it's an age-old story of the budding entrepreneur. Passion and resilience are the driving forces that launches Ernesto's career path. And it all starts when he's 23 years old. We were so cocky about what we would do that we didn't really follow any rules of business. We had a successful restaurant. On the weekends, it would be very busy. Um, and so we were for five years juggling between this being 40, 50 percent busy only on the weekends and, uh, and making it a feasible business. So I, I learned a lot. Ernesto learns enough to know he needs to learn more. So he enrolls in a postgraduate program at Cornell. He wants to learn about the business of doing business. It's a whole new learning that complements the lessons he's learned in the School of Hard Knocks. That would allow me to go and learn from some of the world's top uh, teachers and then come back and apply it on my everyday restaurant. You would also learn from people that go to the same courses that were highly experienced in working in different places in, you know, in Berlin, in New York, in, in many places around the world. So you would learn as much from the teachers as from the people and their experiences that were there. From there, Ernesto embarks on a literal and figurative journey that rounds out his vision and passion as a restaurateur. I was in Paris 
and then I, I worked in the south of France and worked、um, during the daytimes in this little French、uh, traditional place、um, in between Marseille and Aix en Provence. I worked in、um, Spain for a while in the Basque country. I'm part Basque, so I kind of wanted to follow on my, my cultural heritage. Following that, I went to Japan. Because I was fascinated with Japanese food and its whole philosophy and aesthetics and、uh, minimalism. In northern Mexico, there's a huge Lebanese community. So I kind of also explored Lebanese food. And over the years, you know, I did many trips to the Middle East and to Israel. And, so I've just been following different styles of foods. International exploration instills a whole new sense of wonder and adventure in Ernesto. He returns to Mexico. And this time focuses on stadium and arena food. At about that time, Ernesto's parents immigrate to Canada. Call it Wonderlust or Fate, Ernesto follows them there. And that is when I completely by coincidence met Victor. Which actually is a really cool story because my ex-wife at that time she was a vegan and she loved falafel, and、uh, we went to a bunch of places around Vancouver to eat falafel and they were just not good. And then one day I'm just walking on the street and I see this little place in a pretty bad neighborhood in Vancouver at that time, in the Lower East Side, and I saw this place that just caught my attention. You know, there was pots and pans hanging and said Nuba. And then I went back home and I spoke to my ex and I said, "Listen, I think that I found a place that that you're really gonna like." <laughs> I just got, I just had this feeling. So we went back. We walked in. Victor was playing Motown music. It's really cool. It was a very humble place.、Uh, there was only twelve seats at the most, but very personal. And surely enough, we had a falafel sandwich, and it was. It was unbelievable, and, and very quickly I realized how special Nuba was. Victor's philosophy on quality and on food was incredible. He was serving the top ingredients he could afford at the time, and just presenting them in a very simple, casual way, but with a lot of quality. And, and people were hooked on the food. People were would come back four times a week. And it was all neighborhood people. And at that point, I came back to Victor and I said, "Listen, he wanted to grow, but he he lacked the business experience in restaurants. But he, his family recipes were great." And I said, "Listen, let me help you build a business plan for your growth." There's a great expression that applies to successful entrepreneurs: "Fortune favors the bold." Take this for example. Victor, with a business plan in hand, says, "I need a partner." Same week, Ernesto's partner in Mexico calls to say someone has made an offer on their stadium and arena food operation. And I asked him, "What do you think about it?" He said, "Well, I could do with the time off." And I said, "Well, all right, let's sell it." And then the next day, I went just went to the Victor and said, "Like, hey, so you're looking for a partner?" And he said, "Yes." And since then, it's been an incredible experience. Ernesto and Victor don't just make a go of it; they grow the business from the first Nuba location in a sketchy Vancouver neighborhood. To four locations across the city. 
Currently, we have two different concepts. One of them is our cafe, Nuba Cafe, which is more focused, smaller, less than 50 seats. We have two of them. And then we have uh, our kind of our flagship restaurant, which is 110 seats. Then we have our kids' restaurant, which was even bigger, and it was more like a Lebanese taberna. Fast forward to 2020, four successful restaurants, rave reviews, loyal customer base, and Ernesto and Victor are looking at opening a restaurant in Spain in March. But COVID-19 was already spreading through Europe. Not only was Ernesto facing an economic shutdown when he returned to Vancouver, he comes home and finds out he has COVID-19. The same night I came back from London, I started getting a fever and coughing. COVID-19 hits him hard. And then the next morning I woke up with extreme body pain. Bedridden. I couldn't find a position to be comfortable in. Experiencing pain and headaches. I started losing my energy. Like nothing he could ever imagine. I couldn't even hold a conversation because I would lose my breath. Only through meditation does he find a way to breathe. Day 12, suddenly in the morning, I just woke up and I felt air in my lungs. And that's when I realized how little I was breathing. But through all of this, he can't stop thinking about how can he breathe life into his Nuba restaurants. We had to make a lot of tough decisions. We had to lay off over 150 people. We reduced our work hours for 60%. We reduced our salaries. Obviously, no more dividends for the partners. So we all had to adapt. If there's any good news in this turn of events, is Ernesto and Victor's plan to start a restaurant in Spain didn't go through. That means they have some cash to help them stay afloat in the initial stages of the pandemic. The numbers were not very encouraging the first week. We started doing between 2 and 3% of what our sales were. And also, we immediately looked at what the platforms were charging us for delivery. And we said, whoa, man, 30%, that's simply not sustainable. And that was going to be our bread and butter. So we said, okay, listen, first and foremost, we need to do our own delivery platform. Now just pause for a moment. Here's a guy who survived nearly two weeks of COVID-19. His business is on life support, but thanks to the war chest that he and his partners put aside, they have enough to keep going. But he has to flip his business model on his head. He has to identify new opportunities in front of him and also take control of the situation by developing a delivery platform specifically for Nuba. And that was a very smart move because it allowed us to give jobs back to some of our team members. And we also decided that each one of the four restaurants would cover a different neighborhood. This is all happening at the speed of life. They rebuild their business model, launch their own delivery service, focus on bringing a culture together. But they don't stop there. They see an opportunity to add to their offering. We created our meal kits. We basically did our hits and we made a vacuum park versions of them and everything really nicely packed. And the response was incredible. This is a case study of the benefits of hard knocks learning. The lessons Ernesto learned from all the mistakes he made years ago are paying off. He's driven by the double helix that is the DNA of all entrepreneurs, resilience intertwined with passion. But not to spoil the end of the story, Ernesto still has to dig down to make sure his restaurant operations survive. We went from the first week of selling between 2 and 3% to last week, we were already hitting 15, 16% of our old sales. So it's encouraging that it's going up. By no means is it, you know, the battle is over, but we're getting there. Ernesto, you've made it to this point, and the economy's starting to open up. You must feel that that's giving you a bit more breathing space. 
Having social distancing within restaurants means that, um, you know, we have to be spacing everything out. Our capacity uh, with the current um, guidelines is around 30%. Is it going to get us through this? Unlikely. Maybe. You know, it's hard to tell. Ernesto, you've been exceptional at dealing with the situation right in front of you. But now we have to broaden that horizon. What are the challenges you see coming next? What is going to be uh, the consumer behavior? What are people going to gravitate towards? Ernesto, I'll be back after this break. And I'm going to bring you three thought leaders who not only are subject matter experts in how to build business, they all have restaurant experience. I must give a huge shout out to RBC for sponsoring the Small Business Matters series on Chatter That Matters and for running excerpts on 67 radio stations across Canada. I'm a big fan of RBC, not just because they're one of the world's best run and most respected banks. It's because of what they do to help all of Canada. Take Future Launch, a $500 million investment to help Canadian youth find and pursue their path in life or the investment RBC makes in arts and culture, in amateur sports, and in building our new economy. When COVID-19 hit, RBC stepped up with millions of dollars to support food banks and essential services. And they had only one ask for this series. Don't make this show about RBC. Make it about the small business heroes. And speaking of heroes and their quest, let's get back to see what the experts have to say. So when I thought about your business... One word came to mind, and that was growth. You're doing so much to keep things going and jobs happening. And so I wanted to bring in some experts that could really help you drive the traffic that you'll need. First one's Robert Carter. He's the managing partner of Stratton Hunter Group and considered one of Canada's leading restaurant and food service experts. I asked him, what do you think of his business? When we look at Nuba Restaurant, fantastic uh, Lebanese cuisine concept. You know, done a great job of building out uh, a niche and a, and a crowded restaurant market within uh, Vancouver. And then I asked, is that enough, just building out a niche? For these folks to continue to be successful, really going to need to focus on three key areas. One, consumers are going to be weary about coming back to restaurants. You know, the motivators of why they're going to go to, to Nuba have, have shifted. So there's going to need to be a, a strong focus on that building trust with the consumer. Well, what way in terms of trust? To make sure that customers understand the changes that they've made from a a sanitation standpoint, a cleanliness standpoint, to make customers feel they have their best interest from a safety standpoint in mind. The second factor is really making sure that they understand the the motivators from their consumers as to why they're using the, the, the restaurant. You know, they've done a great job of pivoting in terms of providing uh, meal kits and, and focusing on the off-premise and the delivery. That's going to continue to be a core part of Nuba business moving forward. What else should they be doing? The more that they can enhance that offline experience or that digital delivery experience to their consumers, um, you know, they'll continue to increase sales from that. And the third one is really making sure that you know, they focus on the high quality food. They've got a fantastic menu. The Lebanese cuisine is one of the fastest growing areas of the market. And any final messages that you want to bring in, Estel? 
Canadians love their restaurants. It's a strong, stable industry. We've obviously had a major setback, but expect that the industry will rebound. So that was from Robert Carter. I've interviewed him staged a number of times. What do you think? I think it's great feedback, uh, and I couldn't agree more with uh, with all the points. I mean, big part of our efforts currently is are, are actually towards building the trust in the audience to know that we're making the changes of safety that uh, are required for them to come back and feel comfortable. Secondly, yeah, understanding the motivators, that's actually one of the key elements, knowing where people's minds are going to be in the future and how to communicate online and, and definitely something on the top of our mind and how we can get there. And finally, I, I couldn't agree more that uh, the industry will rebound. We just need to be ready to listen, to adapt, to be humble, and of course, to, uh, to make the necessary changes uh, very quickly. The next expert I'm bringing you is Duke McKenzie. Duke is cut from the same cloth as you are. He's resilient. He's an entrepreneur. And what he's a leading thinker on is influencer marketing. Celebrities that are on YouTube, finding ways to get stories told. He runs a company called Real Six. First thing I asked Duke is, what do you think of the restaurant business? So I think that Ernesto is in a tough battle. It's projected that 25% of all the restaurants in the country are no longer going to exist in the next six months because of COVID. What do you think of his odds? He's got a good pivot plan that he set up based on the, the things that I listened to. He's got good customer service. And number one, he's really focused on creating a good quality product and good food. So Duke, what would you advise him to do? I would just focus on telling his story. Why a story? Attention is the major currency, especially for small businesses and restaurants, because people want to feel connected to the places that they purchase. So if he focused on leveraging his assets along with the plan that he had, I think that he has a really good shot of turning things around. So I get storytelling for big brands, but can a small business get heard in this age of noise? They actually have a monopoly on storytelling, especially personality-based media that the big brands have a very hard time capturing because, because the big brands have to struggle with authenticity. So how would you advise Ernesto to tell a story? He's got the power of his personality. I listened to the founding story, him overcoming COVID, him opening up the store to give his people jobs. He has the power of 7,000 Instagram followers, which just to put into perspective, every time he posts, that's worth about 250 to $500 worth of marketing dollars. And then number three, he has the power of community, focusing on local delivery, focusing on bringing back his staff, focusing on his customer service. So he channels these three powers, his personality, social media, and community. Tell me how he gets his story out there. He's already leveraging his Instagram and his social. What I would do is focus on doing it more. In what way? He averages leveraging and telling his story about once a day on his Instagram. And what I would do is increase that tenfold. So tenfold, does he need a process? What I would start doing is following a process called documentation and telling his stories more so by posting more frequently. So what should he document? When Ernesto goes and opens up the store in the morning, do a post on that. You know, he has a great social profile. What I would do is something like a program where every time you get a delivery, just post a selfie of you taking that delivery and get $5 off your order and try and do that multiple times a day. I would do things like feature his staff. He has some pictures of his staff in there, um, but like taking pictures and doing Instagram stories of his staff. So a lot around his staff, his product, the delivery. Is there anything else he should be 
talking about? He's doing things to be safe and he's doing things to keep his restaurant clean. Share the story of that. And Duke, you have any final thoughts? If he really zones in and he really leverages that, he will be able to articulate that and drive the attention that he needs to drive more sales. So that was Duke McKenzie. Any uh, thoughts from Duke? I think that's fantastic feedback. Nuba as a brand and as, as a great story, we have a great narrative. We've struggled to communicate it. So definitely um, a great advice and things that we should be doing. Uh, we are doing it to some extent, but we need to push it further. The final expert I wanted to bring to you, someone that not only understands digital and how to grow your business, but really understands the restaurant business. And I found Chris Barrett, who's a CEO operatics. Chris, what do you do? I was a small business owner and I got tired, quite frankly, of trying to figure out how to invest to grow. And I figured there had to be a better way to do it. So we built an agency that was focused on understanding uh, consumer behavior, uh, built a mission to take the guesswork out of growth for others who wanted to know how to prioritize their investments for ROI. So Chris, you used to work in restaurants. I actually uh, owned a number of restaurants. Chris, let's turn your big brain and restaurant knowledge into helping Ernesto and Nuba restaurants. What role can digital play? If you understand digital well, you understand that it's not just another channel. It's a window into your customers' needs, their wants, their expectations, and their behavior. How do we look into that window? The average Canadian connects online over 150 times a day. That's why you don't hear things like surfing the internet anymore. People are doing what we call content snacking. They connect for you know, a minute or two across different platforms. That sounds a little nomadic and fleeting. We can learn from each one of those touch points to inform all of our technology, creative and marketing efforts. Put a roadmap out for Ernesto. Immediacy has become most often more important than loyalty. What do you mean by immediacy? If you're not there online in the moment that they connect a discovery search, for instance, uh, something like restaurant delivery near me, If you don't show up, you have no chance of winning the battle for preference. Uh, If you want to win preference, you need to understand that intent has become more important than just identity. What do you mean by customer intent? It needs to be about understanding what they need, want, and expect during each moment in their journey and then delivering that experience. Okay, Chris, let's put this into action. What are the steps? Our first step is always knowing your audience. For instance, in delivery, Ernesto is right to be chasing uh, delivery as an option. Uh, On average, we can see that there was almost 9,000 monthly searches uh, conducted for food delivery options within his area of Vancouver. And we don't see anything changing anytime soon. So we want to make sure that we understand, is the opportunity there uh, for him to go and take advantage of it? Okay, what's next? Is he visible when those customers are searching for delivery options? So is he showing up? We can see, for instance, that Nuba is showing up approximately 9% of the time. So we'd really want to work on making sure that his uh, social presence, his website, his uh, advertising campaigns are uh, properly showing up in the moments that matter most to his audience. Sounds like you've done a deep dive in Ernesto's business. What else did you learn? He's doing an amazing job on Google My Business and Yelp reviews. 88% of people say that they trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. So it's huge. And you can really tell what amazing food and service Ernesto and his team are delivering. Where he can improve is offering more value and differentiating himself. Can you give me an example? 
Steve mentioned that one location uh, straight to your door service, which is how they're doing delivery, right from Nuba to their customer, is a lot safer than hitting seven restaurants along the way, uh, like they would do with Skip or um, Uber Eats, for instance. That story really needs to be told. And any final thoughts? My grandfather was in the Navy, and he uh, told me a long time ago that smooth seas don't make for, for good sailors. So, Ernesto, we got uh, an absolute brilliant guy. What do you think of his feedback? Lots of very amazing key points here. We need to be more visible, and we tell, need to tell the stories. And, and because people only have a minute or two, we need to tell them very efficiently as well. So this is a whole new area that we have to be experts in, that we're realizing that this is our future. So it's great advice, and uh, I'm really looking forward to calling my team as we finish and getting this rolling. When I heard that 25 or 50% of restaurants might not open after COVID-19, it made me sick to my stomach. All those lives and livelihood, the creativity, the passion, all disappearing. What has given me confidence though is talking to you, your curiosity, how you've reinvented your resilience, how even when you were battling COVID-19, all you could think about was keeping your brand and your employees alive. That's the kind of fighting spirit that this country needs. And the one thing I'll encourage you to do is to really dial up and animate all the stories that you inherently know are part of your business. Don't just talk about the provenance or source of the food. Let me feel and meet that chickpea farmer. It's so smart to go from delivery direct from your restaurant to the consumer's home. Bring it to life. Your tiebreaker is your brand personality. Make sure the person comes first. Ernesto Gomez, I raise a glass to a great entrepreneur and a great restaurateur. We got to work on this together and thank you for the opportunity. We'll be looking for it and, and pushing it through. To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman, through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com. Chatter That Matters is produced by Tony Chapman Reactions and Eye Contact Productions.